What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante, and man, it's super fun to do a whole podcast on Thursday about a devastating injury to the rotation, log off, and see a crippling injury to the outfield picture. Super fun. Uh, so we're covering the Harrison Bader injury today, of course, despite the fact that the news dropped on Thursday, again, about 15 to 20 minutes after we got off the air. Uh, this one's not going to keep him out for too, too long. It's always better to suffer these soft tissue muscle things that are unpredictable in spring rather than April. If you ask me when I would have wanted it, I would have said February, not March. But whatever, here we are. And now the Yankees are moving forward. The main problem is that if an infielder goes down, there's a million guys that pick up that slack. There's already too many infielders. When Oswald Peraza's foot hurt last week, it was bad news, but it wasn't a death knell. Anthony Volpe probably would have moved in to the starting job. You lose a center fielder, you already don't really have a left fielder. So we're going to talk about how to address the Harrison Bader situation, at least for the six weeks or so, and it seems like he's not going to be playing. And again, those six weeks include spring games. Lucky it's March. Knock on wood again. Plus, same old, same old. Jason Dominguez and Anthony Volpe still raking how do you justify keeping either of them off the roster? Yes, I said either of them because it's really getting harder and harder to argue to Yankee fans that Jason Dominguez isn't ready. He's probably not, but how do you keep telling them that? Plus, Isaiah Kiner Falefa probably surrenders in the shortstop race. It certainly seems, and I want to touch on a Yankees trade that might begin to hurt a little more this summer. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can get the audio feed, but please drop by the YouTube channel Mondays and Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern time where we will be streaming live to take you through the updates, all the Yankees baseball that you need to talk about. Please interact with us in the chat. We love it when you watch and follow. If you aren't subscribed, there's no better time than the present to subscribe. 
Thomas Carinante. We've also got something special for the listeners. Why don't you take them through a little promo? Always do. Thank you, Adam. Hey, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, I'm here to tell you that DraftKings is ready to hook you up. Uh, you head on over to DraftKings. You sign up. Use the code YanksGoYard. And you bet $5 on any sport. You get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. And you know what we have coming this week, everyone? We got March Madness. Brackets, all that type of stuff. Um, we, I'm sure we have another golf event. The players just ended this weekend, but that's always full steam ahead. We got the World Baseball Classic right now, which is oh, raging yeah. on. Uh, been pretty entertaining so far. I've actually caught a couple of those games. Uh, Team USA with a loss um, yesterday, which was kind of a bummer. But anyway, your support here, heading on over to DraftKings and using the code YanksGoYard um, for this great, great uh, bonus bet. Um, situation uh, helps the podcast, helps support the podcast, uh, helps me feed my dog, helps Adam buy his cool hats that you see on all these podcasts. So we'd really much appreciate it. Um, so please head on over there. Um, it's a minimum $5 deposit and a wager is required. It's for new customers only. Uh, you got to be 21 and present in the state that you're in. In this case, New York. If you have a gambling problem, call 8778 Hope New York or text Hope New York. Uh, if you're in Jersey, um, call text 1 800 Gambler. Um, and if you're in Connecticut, gambling problem, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. Once again, that code is YanksGoYard. You bet $5 on any sport. You get $150 in bonus bets if your bet wins. Do something. And if, if you're a betting person, uh, would you bet on Harrison Bader making it back in that six-week time frame? I don't know. Um, Frankly, as much as I don't believe in the Yankees medical staff, we've made that very clear because last episode we were like, hey, why did Carlos run on pitch through soreness in spring training? Isn't spring training not important at all? Maybe don't do that. Uh, this time around, Harrison Bader thinks he's going to beat the odds. And if there's anybody who I'd bet on to come back a little sooner than the worst case scenario, it's Harrison Bader. Uh, and I, you got to base all this off feel. You got to base all this off the way people are healing. If he doesn't think it's that bad, then I don't think it's that bad. If he changes his opinion, then I change my opinion. But kudos to the Yankees for actually just taking him out immediately, sending him for tests after he took a swing at the end of Wednesday's game. Felt a little weird. They said we're sending him for tests on his oblique. They weren't revealing the severity for a while, but then they said it's about a six-week injury, which would lead me to believe it's kind of on the lower end of obliques. Like, obliques are bad. You, you could be out for two months. You could be out for two and a half months. Aaron Judge caught an oblique swinging in 2019 in the middle of April, in the middle of the cold. They could just get you. The oblique could go. Uh, so if Bader thinks it's five and a half, great. If it's six, if it's six and a half, okay. Most important part is that three of those weeks are coming in spring training. So Harrison Bader, you know, the, the injury was diagnosed last Thursday. Certainly doesn't need to play from Thursday, March 8th through the end of the month. Who cares? It's 22 days of rest and rehab time that doesn't bother the Yankees. But what does bother the Yankees is that we now have a center field issue, whereas entering spring training with Judge and right, Bader in center and question mark in left was already seen as a problem for this contending team. Now we got double question marks. Aaron Hicks, I don't think, is moving over to center field. It might open the door for one of our fan favorites in spring training, but are any of those people really ready for prime time? And could it be the super sub infielder, Oswaldo Cabrera, who begged for some center field reps a couple days ago 
getting, uh, okay, great. You want them? You're the full-time center fielder for the first three weeks of the season. Unlikely, but possible. Thomas Carinante, how settled does this all leave you? Oh, man. Uh, this is a bummer, obviously. it's prob- the, the one area we didn't need an injury, honestly, was the outfield. Um, it's the least... it's the least padded in terms of depth. The infield, you can pretty much absorb anything. Not that we want to. I'm not putting that out there. Just saying starting rotation, obviously still pretty good without Rodon to start the season. Bullpen, still pretty good without the guys who are going to be missing time. Uh, Outfield, legitimate problem um, because you have Esteban Floreal, who's, I think gone. I think he's gone after this spring. I don't know it's what important. else. Yeah, everybody, before we get I, into it, Floreal is someone you've been able to dream on for several years, yeah. even though we've never seen it in the big leagues. And every time there's trouble in the athlete, it's like, it's Floreal's time, and it never really is. He's out of options. So he's on the Yankees 40-man for now. If he doesn't make the big league team, he is floating in the wind. So either he's the replacement or he's off the roster. And so far, this spring, as you broke down, in a piece that just went live eight minutes ago. If anybody is a feverish reader of Inksco Yard and a podcast watcher and you're watching the pod and also reading content, you'd know this. But you broke this down today. Uh, Willie Calhoun, Rafael Ortega, Esteban Florial, none of them have minor league options. And Florial's spring numbers, you don't want to make a judgment on spring alone, but they're hideous. They're really bad. And, folks, we all saw him the last couple of years uh, come up to the big leagues. Um, I understand that the lack of consistent playing time uh, has a big impact on whether or not you're able to catch on. But life moves fast at the MLB level. Life's mo- life moves especially fast if you're a New York Yankee. And Floreal, if he's getting any sort of consistent playing time in spring training and he isn't able to capitalize on that from an offensive perspective, I think that's a legitimate problem. I think the one thing he has going for him is that he's far more athletic than Ortega and Calhoun. We saw him take center field reps last year. I was impressed with it, if we're being honest. Um, I don't know if the Yankees are going to be able to um, value that type of defensive ability when they have Cabrera, who probably has that athleticism too, a little bit to a lesser degree because um, of his lack of experience in center field in general. Um, But in that case, you have Calhoun, you have Ortega who are hitting the ball well in spring. You have someone in Ortega who could play all three outfield spots. And then if you bring Calhoun on the MLB roster, uh, the opening day roster alongside Ortega, you have a left field platoon situation with him and Aaron Hicks. If Aaron Hicks starts not, you know, if he's not performing. And again, we could talk about Harrison Bader's timeline all we want. We're not going to know the answer. It's an oblique. You don't know what can happen in the, in the, in the ramp up when he's, when he's trying to come back. Um, you don't know what the testing is going to look like in three weeks. These, these are, these are especially, um, uh, unpredictable situations from an injury standpoint. So I think the Yankees at this point have to go with more insurance. My bet is on probably you're going to see mostly Cabrera in center, and then you're maybe going to see some situations where Judge moves to center. You get a day of Stanton in right field, and maybe we see that a little bit more at the onset of the begin uh, at the onset of the season. Um, I wouldn't count on Stanton playing the outfield with regularity. I just think that probably opens the door for the Yankees to try it a couple times at the beginning of the year. Um, but yeah, I, if Florial doesn't pick it up over the, over the next week, I, he's done. There's, I don't think that there's any argument for that. Uh, you laid it out plainly. I don't think we can ever rely on Stanton playing the outfield no. on a regular basis. Judge is another guy. <laughs> I hate to say judge is a guy like Oswaldo Cabrera, but judge judge was another guy who begged for the center field reps. He's like, I'm not yeah. done in center field this off season. And it's like, you should be though. Why, why couldn't you be done in center field? But apparently 
uh, this is this is just going to happen. You know, like Aaron Judge is going to end up in center field no matter what. It's a huge bummer. We were talking about extending Harrison Bader last week. John Heyman was, and we were like, oh, that's an interesting idea. We I said, like yeah. I like extending Harrison Bader right now because uh, he's somebody who wants to be here. He is a he's a pitch perfect Yankee. Uh, oh, it has been since the moment he arrived. Uh, this doesn't change that. You know, having an oblique injury, it, if anything, makes him more of a perfect Yankee because they all have these. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like it's it's such a bummer for the tenor of the conversation to have changed. Long term, I think still Harrison Bader is your center fielder, Judge is your right fielder, and I think the team does get something done this offseason. But missing three weeks or so at the start of the regular season complicates things. Judge, for his credit, after Bader went down, posted a picture of Bader, Stanton, and Judge in the outfield together, clanking their gloves together at the end of a win, uh, insinuating maybe that's the outfield alignment that he likes the most. I thought that was a, uh, thought that was a little interesting. Of course it was the day Bader went down. Yeah. So it, it cheers him up in the meantime, everybody wants to speculate, but that alignment is not possible for the first several weeks of the major league season. Uh, so expect at the very most exciting Stanton and right judge in center Hicks and left or Cabrera and left, but in the much more likely scenario, it's judge and right. A lot of the time Hicks and left a ton of the time and Cabrera and Ortega, Switching off in center field. How about this is one more Cashman trade where we have another extended injury. I know we acquired Bader injured and the, the, the hope was for him to be ready for October. It ended up panning out greatly, but now here we are beginning of the new season. We're going to have him out for what, at least two, three weeks. I'm probably going to say the whole month of April, but I just don't know how this is possible. It's the craziest track record you'll you'll ever say. It's the entire Cashman trade tree from the last year and a half. Yep. Even when Montas got hurt, people were like, uh, don't discount uh, Lou Trevino in this trade. And obviously the people saying that were being embarrassing because you don't trade three or top pitching prospects for middle reliever Lou Trevino, uh, who had a five ERA and good peripherals in Oakland. It was good in August and September with the Yankees. But even he is now down for the count through mid-May with a more severe elbow issue. Uh, Tommy Canley, no timetable. Uh Andrew Benintendi was the AD for two seconds. He snapped his wrist off. Harrison Bader acquired, injured, got injured again in a different way. Carlos Redon already injured. Frankie Montas very much already injured. Scott Efros already injured. While Hayden Wisniewski is throwing a perfect game for four innings against the Chicago, uh, against the Los Angeles Dodgers for the Cubs, and he's going to earn the Cubs' fifth starter spot. Uh, are all of these injuries Brian Cashman's fault? No, but there were a couple of these people who were acquired injured. So kind of Brian Cashman's fault. Just want to know what Cashman did to bring this witchcraft to us. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then it's weird because what did Hal Steinbrenner do to keep Cashman GM 25 years? What's the blackmail? I don't know. Something's going on. Something's happening here on both of these ends and it's not good for us. So we're just going to, we'll keep monitoring. We'll let you know what, uh, what info we pull up in the coming five years, probably. Yeah, well, we're gonna do some dark magic. I I'm still an Ortega guy. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I don't I, I don't think Esteban Florial has enough of an MLB track record for them to say like, well, there's familiarity there. Like there there is, and he keeps getting called up and going one for twenty seven. So yeah. Ortega had an eight twenty three OPS and a one twenty one OPS plus just one season ago, two years in in twenty twenty one is second to most recent full season was very good. And he played a lot of center field that year. 73 games. Yes. 73 games, a bunch. So if you're trying to hold down the fort, you've got versatility there. He could eventually take left. Let's say he's a starting center fielder on opening day. Crazy. The crazier things have happened. And 
I went out of my way to peg him as an outfield favorite a couple months ago. I'm yeah. not going to let anybody forget it if he makes the opening day roster. So let's say he's your starting center fielder on opening day and Hicks starts in left field. But then Ortega hits 290 with four homers for the first three weeks and Hicks looks like Hicks. He dropped another fair ball yesterday, by the way. Yeah. So let's say Hicks does Hicks things. Then Bader comes back. It's not hard to say, hey, Aaron. We gave you a, your your thirteenth chance did not go well, so we're going to start Rafael Ortega in left field. Yeah, I think that's probably the move. I don't if the Yankees are serious about taking these next steps and fortifying the roster as best they can. Um, Floreal can't can't be the option. I like Ortega as the best because he could play all three outfield positions if you need it. Then you have versatile guys in him and Oswaldo. Um, and I think that that's where we're going to need a lot of the flexibility at the beginning of the season. Um, in the event, something else happens, something else may happen to the middle infield. Then you, no. can, you can move Cabrera to the middle infield. You put Ortega in center. You got Hicks in left. You have a lineup. It's a lineup that, that can play baseball, which is essentially all I care about at this point after all the injuries that have happened over the last week. So Ortega is my pick as well. I'll piggyback you there. Um, I think he's the more, uh, he's the more uh, full, like all encompassing option. That's going to help this team the best. Um, I don't see any future with Florial at this point. Um, Calhoun, I think could make the roster, but he'll be, you know, fourth, fifth outfielder um, as insurance. And then he'll be gone when, if, and when Bader comes back um, or we're having a crazier conversation if somebody else wildly underperforms and they figure out a, something, you know, a way to get rid of Hicks, which I, I also don't think is going to happen, but you never know. You never know. Either way I'm going Ortega and this is the last we see of Florial. No way. You're telling me there could be more injuries moving forward. Like, and we might have to, we might have to address those as well. God, well, that's going to be a real bummer. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, let's talk about the final outfield uh, Martian in the room. Uh, Jason, Jason Dominguez, uh, who is still absolutely raking. And it's now like only Friday was I tweeting no, Jason Dominguez will not replace Harrison Bader in center field on opening day. And no, he won't. He still won't replace Harrison Bader. So don't get that twisted. But it's very difficult to look Yankee fans in the eye with all sincerity and say that what you're seeing Jason Dominguez do, pinpoint control of the zone, uh, hitting 429 with a 1,500 OPS this spring, four homers and nine RBI in 21 at-bats. He's also taking his walks. He's controlling the zone. He's poking singles through the hole and destroying laser beams. He homered over the weekend off Connor Brogdon. So if you even had people being like, yeah, but he's hitting, you know, the homer he hit against the Red Sox to start the weekend was against a guy with like an eight ERA in AAA. So it's like, yeah, those are the guys that Jason Dominguez should be dominating because he should probably be down in AAA. When he takes Connor Brogdon yard, who is a guy uh, who you know was in the was in the World Series last year, uh, and uh, through shutout innings in that World Series, uh, in, in addition to having like a low three twos ERA uh, with the Phillies last season, okay. uh, it's it's pretty important that we just note that Connor Brockton's a real guy, and so Jason Dominguez taking him very yard is is even more impressive. Uh, he's not going to be on the big league roster to start the season. And he shouldn't be. He he struggled at double-A last year. Yeah. He raked in the small sample size double-A playoffs. It's not like he could use a few more weeks of triple-A. He, he's got to get his feet wet at triple-A in yeah. a real way. He right. probably will start the season in double-A Somerset. That said, 
it's impossible to leave this spring and come away being like, damn, Jason Dominguez is a disappointment. Just doesn't have it. Doesn't have that it factor. You know, no, I thought I was getting Mike Trout, but I got this guy who hits 260 and he's out of shape. And Randy Miller told me he doesn't work hard enough. He <laughs> pops off the screen during spring training. He is very obviously a superstar level talent. Yeah, and this is the best thing that could have happened to him. We talked about with him and Volpe, all they needed to do, and it's still a tall task because it's the New York Yankees and it's big market and there's constant you know, exposure. Um, have a good spring. It, I, for either of them, I think Volpe is obviously on a, on a more uh, – he has the inside track to make the opening day roster out of all the prospects. Um, I still don't think it's entirely likely. I hope it happens, but um, – all you need is for them to use this as a springboard for the remainder of the, their time in the minor leagues, however long that may be for Volpe. It could be a couple weeks for Dominguez. It could be a couple months. And then the Yankees maybe have their left field or outfield situation solved by the trade deadline. And they don't have to make a trade. They just call up Jason Dominguez. Um, as much as we're impressed with Dominguez, we also have to, you know, there are people out there who are put him on the opening day roster. Let's do it guys. It's great that he's doing this in spring. This is not indicative of major league, performance um it's a completely different animal when you're coming up on opening day and you're getting the regular reps and regular season games seeing number one and number two starters every day we had kyle higashioka seven home runs last spring was absolutely tearing the cover off the ball his first half couldn't have been worse from an offensive perspective um our good friend marwin gonzalez tore it up last spring i know he's obviously an mlb veteran but he had a very bad time in the bronx outside of his defensive versatility um, and let's not forget, Josh Donaldson had a good spring last year. He had 321 with a 1066 OPS, three homers, six RBI. It looked like the trade was actually going to materialize in somewhat of a positive fashion, and it didn't. Again, I know these guys are veterans, but spring performance, we use it as appropriately as, appropriately as we can. It is a good indicator of what they are hopefully going to do in the next step. It is not an indicator of their readiness to play 162 games at the major league level when Dominguez has only played 120 in his first full minor league season last year. And then we saw the fatigue set in at the end of it. So I'm loving what he's doing. I think we keep him on whatever track that he's on. Let him start at double A, get hot, see at triple A, maybe see at the trade deadline. Definitely, in my opinion, see when rosters expand. Yes. And it was probably fatigue at the end of last season. Yeah. You have to assume his first full year of stateside minor league baseball, but those Arizona fall league numbers, as one of two 19-year-olds in the league facing the tippy-top competition. It's like every game's a minor league all-star game. Yeah. Uh, 20 games, no homers, 159 average. That led to the Randy Miller rip job and the column saying that he doesn't hustle and he's not ready and whatnot. Uh, that is an extreme low. This is an extreme high. I, I think you're right. This is a best-case scenario for Dominguez. He showed all the doubters that the talent is there and the talent is blossoming. And that there's it does not take a genius to watch these clips and say there is thunder in that bat. That is a big league star bat at some point down the line. And potentially September is the target date for him. Trade deadline uh, and the uh, middle of the season is more optimistic. But again, he, he has put himself on the map properly this spring. Uh, before we move on to the shortstop race, and we will in a second, I do want to talk Everybody through what DraftKings can bring you if you're in the tri-state area. If you are a New York, New Jersey, or Connecticut Yankee fan, open up the DraftKings app. Uh, if you need to create an account, do so, and you can bet $5 on any sport. Get $150 in bonus bets. If your bet wins, 
as long as you use the code YanksGoYard. That's YanksGoYard, just like the podcast, no spaces. This directly benefits us. If you're a fan of the podcast, if you're a fan of the feed, if you're a fan of the website, we implore you to please continue to help us out, make this relationship as fruitful as it can be. Minimum $5 deposit and wager required. New customers only 21 plus and present in New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. Gambling problem? Maybe. If so, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. See full terms at DraftKings.com or in the description below. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, hey, anybody, uh, anybody with DraftKings putting in bets on the shortstop race? and who will start on opening day for the Yankees. I, I don't think that's available. I'm not a big old DraftKings user. Not really a big old anything. But if, if you put your money on Isaiah Conner-Falefa, it might be time to withdraw those funds. Kind of feels like he he maybe sees the writing on the wall. All the most pessimistic Yankee fans in the world were like, who gives a shit with Peraz and Volpe do? Like, Conner-Falefa start on opening day anyway. So I, better, I might as well pregame opening day in February. I might as well be needlessly pessimistic in the middle of the spring because I'm not going to get what I want. So, well, uh, IKF himself has stopped. Uh, he stopped being placed at shortstop over the past several days. Uh, they finally put him at second and third and third again, three straight games. Uh, his first spring contest of the year, not spent at short. He said, quote, that's three in a row moving around. <laughs> I don't want to make too much of it, but it's definitely something. Then when asked about his current competition, Said, quote, I think the two guys that are ready for the big leagues, pushing to the big leagues, are both shortstops, I think. Yeah, uh, they are. Uh, <laughs> I, I know they are, IKF. Quote, so if something were to happen to anybody else on the team, injury-wise or something, it wouldn't be them moving. 
I feel like I've shown versatility in my career so far to be a lot easier to move for me to do it, to help the team. At the end of the day, I want to be here and I want to win. Whether it's playing shortstop, utility, there's an opportunity to win a World Series here and I want to be a part of it. Sounds like he knows he's not a, he, he's not the first choice for shortstop moving forward. Sounds like he maybe heard the Buster Olney intel that he might not even be on the bench to start the year either and may in fact be shipped off somewhere else. We've talked about the Rockies. We've talked about the Dodgers. How do these quotes sit with you? I love the attitude. I, I really do. I never had a problem with IKF's effort, never had a problem with his attitude with the media um, or his anything that he said with the media or his body language at any point. He's held strong despite all the the awful criticism and the unwarranted criticism, because I think we can agree that some of this, a good amount of it has been absolutely ridiculous, whether it's fans cursing him off as he's driving off, you know, away from the stadium. It was at that playoff game um, or, you know, just the booze that come down when you're trying to just support the team, just try to be supportive uh, of guys who are struggling. I know the booze do come out and they're necessary, but sometimes they're a little bit excessive. Um, he's handled this like a champ, in my opinion. Um, my only thing with this has nothing to do with him. Have the Yankees not communicated to him that he is going to be a utility player, which is pretty much a foregone conclusion based on the way that spring has kind of, even before it started to materialize with Peraza starting it short, Volpe, um, you know, getting his footing and performing well, and Oswaldo Cabrera doing whatever he's going to do and whatever the plan is there. Why would we have another scenario where we're not communicating with one of the team's veteran players about their role, um, about what's expected of them at the upcoming season? Um, sounds like IKF is down for whatever, which I love, but also sounds like he's taking it as it comes and there is no plan. It's just, hey, this, what's, this is what seems to be unfolding. No one's told me anything, so I guess I'm on board for uh, playing third base if they need me. Um, so my concern is, again, lack of communication and transparency with the Yankees, with their players, because it probably would have been smart to just say, hey, IKF, you're a utility guy this year. We're going to use you at second, short, and third. Your emergency catcher as well. It's another perk that comes with his player profile. Um, and then say, hey, we're going with Oswald Peraza. Uh, we're going to see what we have in Anthony Volpe. And then obviously we have uh, Glaber, who we're going to keep here at second base. So we're going to try to f move all the pieces together as best they can and your best as a rover. So um, that's my only issue. Why are we, why are we not being as clear as we possibly can be with the players on the roster, letting them know exactly what they have to do? I, don't know. I felt like he was as good as gone because of Cabrera and because of LeMayhew. Now though, now that Cabrera might be a center field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I do feel like IKF, the, the odds he finds his way onto the bench are much higher. And you mentioned the catcher thing, like, Third string catcher has never been more important with Kyle Higashioka at the World Baseball Classic and battling some sort of calf thing yeah. before he left. Jose Trevino is on this roster, but Ben Rortvet is not. Austin Wells is not. They are both injured. Uh, Josh Bro also injured. So the catcher depth is horrendous. The Yankees signed a glove first catcher, Nick Chufo, who hits 150 last week. Uh, so your third string catcher being this utility infield guy who, you know what IKF is. He plays to the back of his baseball card. 3B war last year, hit 261, hit really, really well with the bases loaded and runners in scoring position. He's not an exceptional player. He's not a starting shortstop. But you know what you're getting. And so if you're trying, if you're already willing to pay the $6 million you picked up, 
and you need catching depth and you need maybe infield depth if Oswaldo Cabrera is going to be in the outfield more often than not. I feel like it's good that he's conceding this race, but I feel like he does still have a role on this team. And anyway, IKF is a guy who you know what you're getting from him. The back of the baseball card makes sense. That means he's the kind of guy that maybe we don't boo on the way to his car. Yeah. Maybe we don't scream at him on the way out of the baseball stadium uh, when you're at Yankee Stadium and you're kind of bummed out. Maybe we don't track and stalk IKF. Maybe we don't make his dad yell at people. Uh, he is exactly what he always was, and maybe we lay off him a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I don't like that stuff. Um, it's really in bad taste. It's like Hicks getting booed in his first at bat, a spring, and he didn't even step into the batter's box yet. What are we? He got doing? booed today. He got booed today at the Minnesota Twins spring training complex. I don't understand what we're doing here. <laughs> we got a traveling boo crew. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah. Oh my god. It's it's somebody was like, yeah, I think it might be Twins fans because you know he did start his career there. Yeah, I don't think Twins fans have harbored resentment against Aaron Hicks since 2014. <laughs> Try again. You got to look yourselves in the mirror sometimes, Yankee fans. Some boos, fine. Those boos, extremely lame. And again, following IKF to his car is more than boos. Uh, let's talk about the man who has made noise coming up behind Connor Falefa in the race, though. Anthony Volpe, we talk about him every show because how could we not, though? How could we not? Like, what, what do you want? Do you want to not hear about Anthony Volpe on the Inks Go Yard podcast in spring training when he's taking Tanner Houck, Oppo, for a double and then ripping major league reliever Chris Martin for a home run into the fake Fenway bullpen yesterday. All he does is dominate. Uh, he's not going to make the opening day roster. You know, again, like Dominguez, nothing has changed, but Dominguez mid season is a best case. End of season is a likely case. Volpe, the likely case is he's up in a couple of weeks because the whole world over, people are noticing. This is not just Yankee fans being like, damn, Anthony Volpe looks good. The people who rank him in the top 10 in their prospect list are, are watching what he's doing this spring. The speed, the power, the panache, the prowess. And it's worth mentioning, uh, I want to talk about what he greeted Lou Pinella the other day at spring training. Somebody introduced him to Lou Pinella. And without even thinking, he took his cap off and like shook his hand just so effortlessly like he's a young man who grew up a Yankee fan in a Yankee household whose parents have turned Yankee legends into icons for him so he meets someone like Lou Pinella 70 year old man 70s Yankee just takes his cap off without even thinking it's so hard to quantify these leadership things and that's why it gets so tiresome when somebody like Aaron Boone is just like he's special man he's special because I'm not in there so I don't really know what that means I don't know if you're just feeding me a myth because a lot of people have decided that Volpe is the next Jeter. And so you're just being like, he gets, he's a lunch pail guy, gets to work every day. And he's doing a lot of, you know, leadership things in the locker room. He instituted an employee of the month. Like we don't know what he did. So when you see him treating Lupinello with reverence like that, it's like, Oh my God, he really does get it. Um, the Volpe thing for me, I just want to like, has, have your expectations changed at all for him in 2023? Cause I feel like I kind of did need to see it. And now I've seen it. Yeah, one thing it's one thing to see the minor league clips and the the minor league stat lines. Um, it's another thing to see his overall presence and influence and mannerisms. Uh, do I think that taking your cap off to greet Lou Pinella is indicative of you know, your future in Major League Baseball? No, but it shows that there's <laughs> respect, and respect is hard to come by nowadays. You see it in every. And, uh, you know, as the generations go by, there's just there's less and less respect. Um, I don't know why, uh, probably because everything is just so desensitized now because we have everything at our fingertips. And um, 
there's, you know, people are just people and they're not self-aware and um, they don't possess that kind of uh, even self-respect, which I think kind of goes into it. Uh, Volpe seems like you said, raised in a good household, um, came up um, clearly understanding what, what needs, what's expected of a young man and a young adult and someone who's trying to make an impression. Um, he is doing his best to make an impression right now. That's the number one thing he's doing. He's had his first spring training with the Yankees. Um, he is coming off, um, uh, two big seasons in a row. He's fighting for an opening day roster spot, which was articulated to him earlier in the off season. So he is pulling out all the stops to make sure that he is viewed in the best light possible. Um, so I thought that moment was very nice. And also he's probably a smart guy because I don't, I think if you don't take your cap off in front of Lou Pinella, there might be a problem. He might <laughs> kick third base or like pick it up and leave with it. And then, you know, tell the organization that you're a spoiled brat. So good on Anthony Volpe, you know? Show the respect um, to the players and and coaches and influences of yesteryear and and do your thing because everyone's loving it. Yeah, if you don't tip your cap to Lou Pinella, you end up in Randy Miller's latest anonymous <laughs> sources story. Volpe just doesn't have the mindset, the mentality. He's not working hard enough. Yeah. Who told Randy Miller that? Oh, it's obviously the angry old man who got disrespected. <laughs> um, also, we got to mention uh, on Friday the rumor that blew up the rumor mill. I guess this was late Thursday night. Yeah, uh, Peter Gammon's tweet. Yes. And Peter Gammons has, you know, is, is he in every locker room at this point? No, he's more of a baseball writer, legend, emeritus. But he had the Garrett Cole signing early at the end of 2019. His tweets are hilarious because they often have crazy typos. It looks like he sat. It looks like he sat on the voice recorder and said things out loud. And the voice recorder is like, I'm just going to put a TK and a J next to each other because I don't know what you're trying to say. But he did tweet. Brian Cashman said this morning that they haven't even had a meeting on how they open the season at shortstop, but listening to several Yankee officials and uniform personnel, I'm thinking Anthony Volpe makeup and skills make him the favorite. Take that with a pretty big grain of salt, but it did get said. I think that that's noteworthy. Um, you see his skills, you see the impact. I know we make fun of uh, a lot of pundits and insiders when they say the most obvious thing, right? When they say like, Oh, uh, like Dolphins trading for Jalen Ramsey. This is going to make the Dolphins secondary. If they trade for him, it's going to make them one of the best secondaries in the league. Yeah, we know. It's it's obvious. We're watching Anthony Volpe's ascension right now. The opening day question is very much up in the air because of all the, all the you know, the, you have the infield log jam, you have the service time considerations, you have the whole, like, does he need a couple weeks at AAA and then we can get him up there and you know, as we talked about before, there's no turning back once Anthony Volpe's on the MLB roster. You can't you can't jerk him now in between the the minors and the majors. He's got to be a, he he's either going to the minors and he's coming up in a few weeks, or he's coming to the majors and he's never leaving. So I think that if an MLB insider, as you know, esteemed and plugged in, has been around for a while, and Peter Gammons is hearing that type of stuff and feels a certain way based on the information that he's getting. It's certainly, and he didn't make a definitive statement. He said that he has the feeling based on words that he's heard and, you know, pr uh, the, the praise that he's heard for Volpe, that that's what, in his experience, being an insider for that long, that's what he thinks might happen. So I don't think that that's BS. I think it's something to keep track of. I still think it's fairly unlikely, but um, we can, uh, he's got us in the palm of our hands right now. Most Yankee, hands, most Yankee fans in the palm of his hands. Um, so we'll see how that unfolds, but I, I would keep an eye on it for sure. It means that maybe these Yankees officials who he knows are not keeping their cards as close to the vest as they maybe could be if they wanted to keep their love for Volpe a secret. And their actions the last several years, staying out of the shortstop market, very, very definitively 
speak to that as well. They've always had this faith in Volpe, and now the rest of the world is seeing it. One more thing before we sign off. One more. One Yankees trade that will begin to hurt this year is a piece we wrote that went viral this week. I just want to address it. I want to talk about uh, why I feel like this deal is specifically going to hurt, and I want to put it on everyone's radar so that you're not blindsided when people start making fun of the Yankees again this summer, as they always do. Not Scott Efros for Hayden Wesneski, although that's that already hurts. Not the big Oakland A's trade, because that already hurts. Everybody knows about it. Want to put the Anthony Rizzo for Kevin Alcantara trade on everybody's radar mode. Not because Anthony Rizzo was not a primo acquisition. That was clearly a stroke of genius at the 2021 trade deadline. He maybe goes to the Red Sox if the Yankees don't pull that off. And it cost a pretty penny. Borderline top 100 prospect at the time, Kevin Alcantara, to get it done. Only issue there was that the 20-21 Yankees were not the team to bet on. The Joey Gallo trade was also made. Swing and a miss there. He provided almost nothing down the stretch. Even Rizzo's presence, and he missed a while with COVID right after coming to the Yankees, was muted. The Yankees went to Fenway Park, could not get it done in the one-game winner-take-all wildcard game, and the Red Sox moved on. If the Red Sox acquire Rizzo, they probably don't acquire Kyle Schwarber, who dominated all October for them and took him to the ALCS on the verge of the World Series. Then Anthony Rizzo becomes a free agent. You have no idea what he's thinking at that point. He clearly is someone who gravitates towards the Yankees, might have considered them anyway. Was it easier to get him to sign a contract after getting him in the door midseason? Probably, but we have no way of knowing. The Yankees could have targeted him regardless. Instead, they surrendered Alcantara for him. And while Alcantara was just demoted to high A, will not be starting at double A or the major leagues, his batting practices and star quality as a 20-year-old center fielder, you heard that right, have captured a lot of people's attention this spring. And he is a severe breakout candidate. When the year starts, you're going to get a lot of Alcantara love. 15 homers, 85 RBI last year for Myrtle Beach. Single A, 273 average, 360 OBP, 811 OPS, and he's only getting stronger. Again, if you're squeamish, I recommend you don't watch the BP sessions where he exudes confidence and star power and launches Sammy Sosa-esque home runs. So I'm pro Anthony Rizzo, very pro, who was scratched with a cranky back over the weekend, but did take BP today and said he's fine. That back problem is always going to linger. Always. I think it's a good signing. I think it's great leadership to have in the clubhouse. I also think the Yankees could have had Anthony Rizzo on the 2022 and 23 rosters without surrendering Kevin Alcantara for him in a lost season. Yeah. Yeah. I know that one's tough for me. It's Wes Neske, though. It's the Wes Neske for Efros trade. And, you know, there are other ones in previous years that might not be aging too, too well, but I think Cashman has done a really good job of minimizing the risk as, as we've talked about. It's just one good quality when making these trades, but I thought the Wes Neske for Efros trade was bizarre when it happened. I wasn't anti it. Um, but now you kind of look at it and you have Efros who's out for the year. I think even if he wasn't out for the year, though, I think you're still looking at it like this. He was acquired with 60 games of MLB experience at the time. Hayden Wesneski was the number seven Yankees prospect at the time when he was traded last year. And you look at the rest of the Yankees prospects, too. Um, they dealt away everybody at the top end um, of that group. Uh, as well during during the trade deadline. So they killed the upper echelon depth, which also affects the major league depth because in the event somebody goes down, somebody always goes down, three people always go down, your first line of defense at the higher levels is now wiped out. J.P. Sears gone, uh, Waldachuk gone, Wesneski gone. Um, 
was Beck Beckway was making his was 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 ascending a little bit at that point. Yeah. Um, so you, you had four guys. I know uh, Luis Medina had uh, Tommy John. So I, I'm not going to count that one, but still, that was a top 12 guy. Um, to trade him for a reliever, I know the control here is very important. Um, the club control over somebody for that long is is something that the Yankees value. But again, Brian Cashman very strong at finding bullpen arms. There is no need to trade a prospect starter who obviously would now have been slotting into the rotation with all of these injuries. And this spring, he is three or uh, two and zero um, with a zero ERA a 0.81 whip and 11 strikeouts in eight, eight and two thirds of an inning. He made his MLB debut with the Cubs last year across 33 innings, six games, four starts, 2.18 ERA, 0.94 whip, 33 strikeouts. I, uh, I don't, there was, if there was one guy who was highly talked about in the Yankee system from a pitching perspective last year, it was Hayden Wesneski. Um, at least based on what I've read. I don't know what you guys have been reading. I know that there was uh, obviously a number of glowing reports surrounding like Waldachuk um, because of his nasty curveball, but Wesesky was closer to MLB debut. It, I know it was a one-for-one swap here, but the need for pitching is always greater than the need for anything else, in my opinion. And I know why Alcantara would be your guy because we have an outfield issue right now, but theoretically we shouldn't have an outfield issue because it's the easiest position to have depth with. It's the most expendable position in the entire league. For me, Wesesky, the fact that he could be the number five starter or the fifth guy out of the bullpen now that the picture has been shaken up massively, especially after you signed Carlos Rodon, who you knew had a long injury history, who, you know, and you knew Clark Schmidt was the next guy in line too, who really hasn't proved much at the MLB level, in my opinion. I think that one's going to hurt this year real bad. Okay, fine. You got me. The Yankees made two bad trades that'll hurt this year. <laughs> with the Cubs. <laughs> Agreed. With the same team. Yeah. Oh, oops. Maybe don't do that again. Don't call the A's. Don't call the Cubs. Block their numbers. That's it. For this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, make sure to find us, the audio feed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review. If you feel like we love it, please join us live on YouTube, Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern time. We'll be there all off-season long, tripping towards the regular season when we'll be there, too. World Baseball Classic update, Dominican Republic up 6-0 on Nicaragua right now. That's Jonathan Lewisig's Nicaragua. He got rocked yesterday and blew their game to team israel they're probably one loss away from elimination to that i say mm. sorry to our nicaraguan listeners but that's good let's get one let's get back in camp let's get him resting let's also get the dominican republic moving on in this tourney they're more exciting until next time i'm adam weiner you can find me on twitter at adam weiner thomas carinante where can the people find you I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Both of us are at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. Our bylines are at YanksGoYard.com. Lots of content there. Spring battles are heating up. Opening day roster lineup starting to come into focus. Got a lot of stuff there for you. So head on over, read. Make sure to comment. Returning those comments into some pieces of content. We're using those comments to build a little community on Yanks Go Yard. Keep the, uh, keep the engagement going on social media. Keep on appear- appearing here every Monday and Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're having a good time. We're enjoying everybody's presence here. So let's keep it going. We'll talk to you next on Thursday at 2 p.m. Have a good rest of your week. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. See you Thursday. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.